The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Ling Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoit with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Good Monday morning and welcome in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yow. Mo Patton here with you on this Monday. A little cloudy, a little cold. JP's in the house too. Super Bowl Monday. This is not like Guam though. In Guam, they actually have Super Bowl Monday, and it kicks off at 10.30 a.m., and that would be super cool. I'm just saying. And it's a holiday, isn't it? A whole holiday. You get that day off. That's a good day. I could live with that. It's it's exactly what, uh, what we expected on Monday morning here. None of us really want to be here. <laughs> because the Monday after the Super Bowl should be a, should be a national holiday. Uh, that being said, I guess we're we're here. If well, I mean, if anybody was supposed to work on a, the Monday after the Super Bowl, it would be us, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> that you mention it, <laughs> I feel like we would have to work either way, holiday or not. So maybe it's not that big of a deal. What uh, what was your weekend like, guys? Anything exciting other than obviously the Super Bowl? No, that was that was about it. I think J, JP is still efforting to, to try to join us, but no. Um, <laughs> the Super Bowl was about the extent of the excitement. Well, not for me. Whoa, hold up. Did watch UT in Kentucky third, uh, Saturday night. Uh, plenty of excitement there. Hey, yeah. That was insane. Most of it bad for about the first 30 minutes, but yeah. Man, it was... That was that, yeah. I mean, it it took a minute, and it it took some some belief. Yeah, once they got it going, though, <laughs> and I tell you what, um, the two freshman guards really got it done. I'm telling you, man, he's the key. He's the key to their success. Which one? Well, uh, Swinger. <laughs> Swinger is the key to their success. Well, Springer or Springer, not Swinger. Yeah, Springer had it going on, but I think Keon had. I think he finished with like twenty-seven points. I just think Springer has. It's it's been proven that when he's not on the floor, it makes a difference. They're not very yeah. good. Yeah, and 
John Fulkerson is much better when Springer's on the floor. So there's that. Yep. Um, yeah. Saturday, Saturday night, you, that was a, that was a big one. Um, I got home about four thirty from my morning Saturday job <laughs> and I had a good time over at, at, at Winstead. Wasn't so great in the beginning that morning over at Academy, but it is what it is. Oh, you, you, you were at two sites. Yeah. So. I had to travel, oh. uh, but for that last game over at Winstead, that was, I mean, it was okay. The, the court at Winstead is shorter. Like it's an elementary school court. So it's kind of nice. So you kind of like stand on a lazy Susan and just turn your body at, yeah, at half court. And, and, and 10 year olds. So, you know, they're, they're not running very fast anyway. It's a lot of fun. Or very far. Exactly. Uh, they can't press the first half, so the first half is real simple. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. But, yeah, I got home and I was like, man, I, I kind of want to do something. To kinda, I don't know really what I, you know, I need to rest because I know Sunday's going to be a really long day, and it was. But I think I fell asleep at like 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Like I was out. It was it was brutal. Well, that explains a lot. I mean, dude, I was out, and I don't know if it was just exhaustion from. Obviously, I was down at Loretto on Friday night, and so I wrote my stories on the way home. But that's a two hour drive. <laughs> well, let's clarify that you wrote your stories on the way home while Sarah drove. Yes. Okay. Well, that's just. I was actually uh, I was dictating into Google Docs kidding <laughs> mo looked at me like that's genius that is genius <laughs> that is genius why did not think of that <laughs> yeah. no uh she was driving and we i finished my story as we got to about i don't know just past franklin so she cool. just let her drive the rest of the way anyway <laughs> You're almost home by We're then. We're almost home by then. She go. was she was cool. She was tired though. She was like, "Can I turn on the radio?" <laughs> and I'm thinking like, "Oh, it's so hard for me to write with the radio on, but we can do it." Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it'll keep us alive and awake. There you go. I'll turn figure, it on. I'll figure it out. Yeah. So yeah, so I again drove home after that game and then got up early to go referee basketball, ran my 12,000 steps or so probably more than that, probably more like 15, and then came home and I was passed out. Um, Sunday was fun, though. I know you, you – we had our sprinkle on Sunday, right? <laughs> we had our, our baby sprinkle. It was on Sunday. Not, te- a, not a shower. Right. And so I was supposed to meet up with some friends and go to a local watering hole to listen to some music. Well, with it being Super Bowl Sunday, I found out on Friday, on Friday, they weren't doing live music on Sunday because they were just going to play the, play the game and, you know, the lead up to the game. So I got to thinking, well, what the heck are we going to do while the girls are, you know, doing their thing? Cause I'm not going to take her downtown and drive home and then come back two hours later. That just right. doesn't make much sense. So guess what I did? What you, what you did? Got me. And two buddies, and we went to the indoor go-kart track. 
<laughs> and solid. That was fun, but also my arms and my mm. chest feel like absolute jello today mm-hmm. because those things are impossible to turn. Yeah. I mean, I just, my, my forearms mm-hmm. are just sore. My chest is sore. From those steering to, wheels are so small, man. Well, these also go like 40 miles an hour and it's a slick track because mm-hmm. it's indoors. So mm-hmm. they can do that. So essentially, I mean, you're you're Tokyo drifting out there. I mean, you have to know what you're doing, and I don't know what I'm doing. Fortunately, one of my two buddies is actually a professional race car driver. <laughs> That's why I invited him. I was like, well, if we, I said, if I'm not going to look cool, at least I'll bring somebody with me who does. He still finished third behind a couple of guys who like race in leagues there, so they know the track, they know the cars, and that sort of thing. Uh, I finished fourth right behind Tyler, so I felt like that was good. Um, but, yeah, I'm sore, very <laughs> sore. And then went to, a, went to a friend's house last night, watched the game. It was frustrating at times. Even though I was rooting for the Bucks because of Josh Pearson, I still thought the Chiefs would win. Clearly, they did not. So. Clearly, they did not. And, um, you know, I guess it's a th- – it's at this point that I need to say, you can say that the Chiefs did not play very well, and you can also point out that the officiating was god-awful, and both can be accurate, and it's not an excuse for the Chiefs losing. Yeah, it's definitely not an excuse. Although, I will say, obviously, there a lot of momentum swings went with uh, with two calls. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, specifically, <clears throat> you take a touch or you take a pick off the board and put a touchdown on the board, and right before halftime. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a chance where you know Kansas City had a chance to double up there, get it back to a touchdown game. Well, and and the sad thing is when somebody like Tony Dungy tweets out that. The Chiefs can't blame the officiating. You know, you can – you again, the Chiefs' offensive line was put together with bubblegum and chicken wire last night, and, and you saw it. Patrick Mahomes hasn't had to run for his life at any point the way he did last night. And, you know, obviously Tampa Bay's defense deserves some props for that. Like, like you said, Shaq, Shaq Barrett – Somebody's going to write him a blank check after last night. You know, Devin White probably should have been the MVP, but that's another story. But, I mean, that defense played its tail off against a patchwork offensive line. It's okay to say that. Yes, it's okay to say that. I agree. The defense was very good. I don't think it would have mattered. But I do, and, think and that it, could be that could be that it wouldn't have mattered. Maybe they would have done that if Eric Fisher had been out there instead of whoever was playing turnstile in his place. But, but I'm saying the officiating. I'm not sure the officiating made a difference because I don't think it would have mattered. I don't think Kansas City was going to score a touchdown no matter what at any point. You're right. They just weren't good enough on offense. But 
I do think it robbed us of a better football game. Yeah. And and that's that's a tough thing because I think that's the one thing that we said Friday going in. Just want to see a good just ball a good, game. Yeah, just want to see a good ball game. And it wasn't. It and, wasn't and, you know, good at, at any point. So is what it is. Congratulations to the Buccaneers. Um and Josh Pearson. Yeah. Well and and MTSU Hall of Famer Mike Caldwell and former MTSU assistant Casey Rogers and that coaching staff. I, I, I like this more for the Buccaneers coaching staff than staff. I do for the team, really. But they, I'm, I'm happy for Byron Leftwich. I mean, we've seen that guy literally leave his entire body on the field. <sighs> yep. And, you know, for him to be able to, to be a Super Bowl winner – it's pretty cool. Pretty impressive, and I'm mm-hmm. happy for him. So, anyway, yeah, big weekend. That was fun. Um, JP, did you do anything exciting over the weekend, or did you just, you know, watch football like us? Uh, did some cooking yesterday. Uh, smoked some three different kinds of chicken wings. Made my own dip for those. Uh, and, uh, Grilled some steaks last night. So uh, that was my Sunday. The game was kind of ancillary to me yesterday. Well, it, it was. Fortunately, for, it wasn't for, a, a Yeah, it's game. a good thing, yeah. <laughs> it was for me, too, but I won't tell you why on the air. I'll tell, I'll tell you off the air because it was, it was fantastic. Um, but, yeah. So we got a big show. Got a good show coming up. We We're going to talk some high school hoops in the next segment. We'll talk some wrestling in the next segment. We uh, will try to get into this week is huge as far as most of our district tournaments are concerned some of them are pretty well set uh we'll we'll, we'll kind of go through that and talk talk through it and see what uh see what we can come up with as far as what games you need to pay attention to the most and uh where teams are looking at where they can finish where they might finish that sort of thing we'll get into all of that We'll talk some more about the Super Bowl in the second hour. Well, of course, we'll get with Chip Walters, as always. Uh, Really excited to talk to him about MTSU and what they've got going on. And who knows what else? Probably some more UT hoops in, uh, in that second hour as well. So, again, big show. Lots to talk about coming up on Super Bowl Monday. Tomorrow... Top five Tuesday. Normally, we would probably talk about commercials and whatnots, but we're going to save that for tomorrow because top five Tuesday tomorrow will be our top five Super Bowl commercials. And I guess, I guess we can say this: we can certainly say the Oatly commercial will not be in our top five. Am I right? Unless we're talking top five worst, we can certainly say that. <laughs> I did not see that one, but um, oh one, one I did see that is uh, causing some buzz that I'm I'm anxious to get into a conversation tomorrow about. Yeah, well, it, maybe it, tomorrow may be two segments of commercials hmm. and then top five because I mean it really needs to be talked. There are a lot of things that we need to talk about, and I agree. All right, so before we get to our first break, let's go ahead and give you. The Monday Rundown. This is The Rundown. In Friday's girls' action, Moore County defeated Cascade 58-40, Eagleville 66, Cornersville 50, 
Huntland 56, Fayetteville 41. In District 8 AAA play, Tullahoma defeated Columbia Central 48-32. It was Lincoln County 54, Franklin County 41. And Coffee County continues to run roughshod through the league with a 57-14 win over Shelbyville. In Class A action, it was Richland Girls 60, Mount Pleasant 27, Cullioca 40, Santa Fe 35. In AAA action, it was Brentwood 62, Ravenwood 51, Page 68, Spring Hill 56, and in AA action, Fairview, a 43-41 winner over Creekwood. Collinwood defeated Frank Hughes 48-40 in District 12A play. In District 12 AA, it was Community 36, Nolansville 24, Murfreesboro Central defeated Giles County 61-35. In a Big 12A matchup down south, Summertown girls defeated Loretto 61-46, Forest 41, Marshall County 37, and Wayne County 67, Perry County 36. In boys action, Class A, Moore County 55, Cascade 51, Eagleville 58, Cornersville 43. It was Fayetteville 60, Huntland 52. In 8 AAA action, Columbia Central a 60-48 winner over Tullahoma. Lincoln County got a 59-55 win over the Franklin County Rebels. And Coffee County edged Lawrence County 47-46. Richland's boys defeated Mount Pleasant, 78-48. It was Santa Fe, 59. Cullioca, 50. Brentwood defeated Ravenwood, 61-48. Um, Creekwood, 64. Fairview, 51. Franklin defeated Centennial, 68-56. Page, 72. Spring Hill, 60. And Independence, 64. Summit, 57. In AA action, it was six, uh, Community 61, Nolansville 57, Giles County 63, Murfreesboro Central 57. In overtime in Loretto, in 12A action, it was Loretto 64, Summertown 53. Perry County was a 76-58 winner over Wayne County. And back to AA action, Marshall County 58, Forest 48. BGA was a 63-52 winner over Columbia Academy, and CPA got a big win, 114-58 over Christian Community. In girls' action Saturday, Moore County defeated Whitwell's 54-47. It was Richland 62, Cascade 41. In boys' play, Franklin County defeated Coffee County 50-41. It was Moore County 52, Whitwell 20. Richland defeated Cascade 70-55. And in the Class AAA State Wrestling Duels, Summit placed third. They defeated Oakland 43-20 in the quarterfinals, fell to eventual champion Cleveland 41-37 in the semifinals, bounced back and defeated Science Hill 45-25 for third place. Cleveland again, the state champion in the state wrestling duels in Class AAA with a 39-28 win over Wilson Central. Tonight's schedule on the hardwood, Columbia Central travels to Lawrence County. Coffee County will host Lincoln County, and Shelbyville hosts Tullahoma. Hampshire will play host to Frank Hughes, and Santa Fe's at home against Houston County. In District 11 AAA action, Spring Hill travels to Page for a girls-only game tonight. Independence's boys go to Franklin. Independence's girls go to Summit. In non-district play, McEwen travels to Cullioca, and in Division 2A District 3, Opening round 
of the tournament begins with Middle Tennessee Christians boys traveling to Zion Christian. There you have it. That is your Monday rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. And when we come back, we're going to talk about those several of those games. Uh, you saw a couple of them. I saw you saw four teams. I just saw two uh, or schools, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I uh, had some really good had a really good time down Loretto. So we'll talk about that, and uh, you'll talk about your games and that wrestling tournament you saw on Saturday, and much more on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stay tuned. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Here's Mo and Chris. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. As we approach the bottom of the hour, it's 9 o'clock hour here on Monday. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day. I know that our typical listeners are certainly interested in what's going on uh, in the Southern Middle Tennessee High School sports world, including those just south of us here in Lawrence County, because big games on Friday night down in Loretto, which, by the way, that place (laughs) is a fantastic place to watch a basketball game, and I am so sad that I could not see it at its full capacity. That was your first foray into the barn. Was it not? That's correct. Although I find that a little, I don't know, odd. The barn? Do tell. Yeah. I mean, Mustangs are wild. That's why they're Mustangs. And so putting them in a barn just seems (laughs) kind of dumb. But yes, you know me. I'm Mr. Literal. So Captain Chaos, Mr. Literal, Chris Yao. I've still not been to a ball game down there, and I need to go. But no, I, you need to go. It's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I, I will say this. You know that, that picture that they posted on Twitter right before football season with the stadium and the, the water tower in the background, and I said that was just, you know, pure Americana, you know, high school football exactly. You have to walk through that to get to the gym. Like, you walk right past the football field down the end zone to get into the gym, and that that's 
when you walk in there, it's got, you know, the, the old school tile with the Mustangs written out and tile in the, in the lobby there. And you walk into the gym and you just, you know, where you are, you know, it's just going to be an electric atmosphere because it's, it's so small. They got the end zone bleachers, which is thank God they do. Because the side bleachers aren't very, there aren't very many of They're those. not very deep. No. I've, I've been in the gym. I've not been there for a game, but I've been in there. And it's, it's fun. Yeah. And, and the games were great, too, matter of fact. That helps. Um, girls' game was a little bit less exciting. Uh, at the end of the first quarter, Summertown has a 10-point lead. Uh, then... Loretto makes a comeback behind who else but Carly Weathers. They tie the game at 16, and then it was all Eagles from there. Uh, I think they went on a 20-2 to two run or a 22-2 to two run, something like that, uh, over the second quarter and the last half of the second quarter and the first half of the third quarter. Uh, that was pretty much it. And they were able to hit their free throws. I think they shot 80%, 27 of 34 from the line. Uh, 34 free throws? 34. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, but, yeah, it was a great, great girls game. Uh, Summertown locked up the District 12A title, even though they have to play Collinwood this week. Uh, Loretto has two losses, both of them to Summertown. There you go. So they will – they have clinched and will host uh, each game that they play in the district tournament at Summertown. So there's that. Uh, and the boys' side, it was a little different, um, but not really because it was one team getting up big and the other one making a comeback. And it took a little longer for the comeback to commence as at one time it was 20-3 to Loretto. Um, Summertown did not hit a three-pointer until two minutes and 20 seconds to go in the second quarter. And that was a Skylar Trousdale three. When he hit that, though, it opened the floodgates because they created a couple turnovers. Trousdale hit three uh, in the last 220. There was another one. I believe it was Gavin Burleson. Uh, they hit four threes in four trips and cut the lead to five at halftime. <laughs> But that's what they, I mean, that's what they do. They are really, really explosive offensively. <laughs> this just in. <laughs> right. And I, I'm I'm intrigued that they got down twenty to three early like that. I mean, you couldn't buy a bucket. You know, rivalries can go in a lot of different directions like that. And and I guess, you know, when you had people in the in the in the gym I'm sure Loretta was feeding off that early momentum and and crowd got into it and it just becomes a a cycle there. Yeah, but it really you know once that once Loretta got up pretty big the 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 student section specifically kind of quieted down because I mean they it was almost like well this is boring <laughs> we're winning by 17 <laughs> and Again, they just Summertown couldn't buy a bucket. You mm-hmm. knew at some point they were going to start scoring. It was when and how much. The difference was that once Summertown started scoring, Loretto panicked. And that's understandable. 
I mean, I get that. They panicked a little bit. They stopped trying to get it into uh, is it Shaler mm-hmm. Hankins. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got in foul trouble a little bit and had to come out. Um, but Loretto's game plan, as you know, as I was talking to um, Wes long after the game, their their game plan was definitely to try and get the ball inside, let Tobias Sermons really work. They were able to do that. Uh, Tobias had a game. Uh, I'm sorry, a team high 23 for Loretto, and I think eight of those came in overtime, where they outscored Summertown 11 to nothing for a 64-53 win. That's a little deflating when you get a game to overtime. You come back from being down 17 early. You get it to overtime, and then you can't score in the overtime. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, Loretto turned up the defensive pressure, and Summertown just wasn't prepared. And that's thing is, uh, Loretto swept Perry County. Summertown split with Perry County. That means mm. Loretto only has one district loss, and they will host as the number one seed uh, throughout the tournament. Summertown will have to play Perry County, but they will get them at home. They only they have one fewer loss. Okay, all right. So, some, Perry County has three losses, uh, one to Summertown, two to Loretto. Summertown has two losses, one to Perry County, one to Loretto. Okay. So, they will host uh, Perry County in the semifinals uh, should they get there. I'm not sure how many teams are in that district, but should both of them get there, they, that's where they will play. Right. Okay. Anyway, right. you saw a couple of interesting games. One more interesting because of the coach than the the game although it is a rivalry yeah yeah the um the border battle was renewed on the boy side friday night again as we mentioned during the rundown independence and summit girls will play tonight but um the boys played friday night and it marked the debut of independence interim coach jeff parker um and when you've got a six-five post, it makes things a little bit easier, especially when Summit's Destin Wade isn't on hand because he's been contact traced out mm. like seven hours earlier. Yeah, Jim Fay was ecstatic over that. I'm sure he was. Yeah, yeah. I, I walked in, and he's like, you're here? Like, Why not? And he goes on to update me. But um, anyway, Cameron Bell, Indy 6'5 junior post. Um, they they did a really good job of getting him the ball, and he did a good job of answering when when they did. 26 points in a 67, uh, 64-57 win. Um, Jesus, 11 three-pointers? Yeah, yeah, and lost. That's a tough night. <laughs> Dog. But again, the same thing. It was pretty much the same recipe for Summit as on Tuesday at Ravenwood. Got down early made a frenzied comeback and just couldn't couldn't get over that hump. I think they got it down to um five or six, just like they did at Ravenwood and just couldn't make that next push. So um tough go for Summit. They've really been impacted a lot by COVID with guys in and out of the lineup and that kind of thing. They've not been able to get a whole lot of continuity. They were already missing that with the number of football guys that they rely on 
And so, you know, when, when you start to not have some of those, Caleb Jolly has left the team. Um, Keaton Wade is not playing, I think, remnants of the foot situation from football. And, and again, Destin didn't play Friday night. Um, it's just an interesting situation for Summit, unfortunately. And and as we've talked, you know, that's a team that went to the sectionals last year. They had expectations with most of those guys coming back, but hasn't quite played out that way. Again, still wouldn't want to see them in the postseason in a win-or-go-home situation. Meanwhile, Indy, big win with everything that they went through late last week. And um, they play at what was fourth-ranked Franklin, and polls come out between now and then, so we'll see if Franklin moves. But um, that'll be a big one in terms of um, tournament seating and that kind of thing as as Indy tries to improve their seating and, and try to get themselves in a position to make a run under Coach Parker, who we also have a story about on um, – the website, sm-tnsports.com, arrived at Indy two years ago as a football assistant, but had been a football had been a basketball coach in Florida prior to starting his football coaching career. Coached four years at Seabreeze High School down in Daytona Beach from 98 to 01. So, and he left? Oh, man. Went into the college ranks. He was offensive coordinator at Tennessee State for – four years prior to coming to independence. Okay. But it's Daytona beach. Go back. (laughs) You know, one thing he did say, and it's not in the article, but he has a daughter who's a junior at um, Martin Luther King in Nashville and wants to let her graduate there. Mm -hmm. That makes total sense. So not, not mad at him then. mm -mm. But, um, been interesting at Indy, and um, they've got about another week or so before the district tournament starts. And, and you know, besides Franklin and maybe Brentwood, that thing is that the middle of the pack there is really touch and go every every night out. It really is. Anybody can beat anybody, as we saw mm-hmm. um, on Friday. So, um. The other game you went to, I'm going to wait to the next segment to talk about it because it kind of goes into the district standings mm-hmm. conversation. But you went to wrestling on the the state duels were Saturday, and they Summit were. Summit wrestled fairly well. They did wrestle fairly well, and not that that's a surprise or anything. No. But you know, to do it on the big stage like that, you know, going into the state duels and AAA, I think most everybody felt like it was going to be Cleveland's tournament to lose. And if they lost it, it would probably be to Wilson Central in the finals. Well, it was Cleveland and Wilson Central in the finals, and Cleveland didn't lose it. Unfortunately, Cleveland was in the same semifinal bracket as Summit because it typically works out that way. Those two always seem to find each other. It's, it's, um, it's supposed the finals. To, yeah, it's supposed to be a blind draw. I'm not so sure Pete Miller believes that. but um, Is his dad coaching? At Cleveland? His dad is not currently coaching at Cleveland. His dad is heavily involved with Cleveland. Pete's I, from Cleveland. I, I knew that, but yeah. I saw a picture after the match where his dad was wearing a Cleveland jacket. Yep. 
Come on, man. Uh, blood is not thicker than water. Clearly. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I guess Al's like, hey, I still got to live here, bro. <laughs> <You know? laughs> There's that. <laughs> There's that. You think I'm going to wear Summit stuff around down here oh, in Cleveland? No. No, sir. I think I'd have a half and half jacket or something. Oh, uh, well. That was brutal. I uh, thought, my goodness. No. Whatever. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no. So, um, at any, <laughs> but yes, yes, you did see that picture. Okay. Yeah. Making sure. And, and he did have on blue and red. Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> Summit opens with a 43-20 win over Oakland in the um, quarterfinal round. Got out to a 17 nothing lead after four matches. Um, a lot of bonus points there. Coaches love bonus points and um, kind of rode that. Um, lost 41-37 to Cleveland in the semifinals, but led that 19-18 midway through before Cleveland won. They went pin-pin technical fall in three straight matches and kind of stretched it out. Cleveland um, forfeited the final two weight classes there after getting up, I think it was 41-25. And, um, you know, once it was mathematically out of reach, so – Summit comes back and defeated Science Hill, as we said, um, 45-25 in the Constellation Finals to finish third. It's the highest state duels tournament finish in Summit's short wrestling history. So, Well done. Big performance for them. And they did it with a lot of young kids, man. Um, I think they've got two seniors in the, in the lineup that started against um, – against Science Hill in that third-place match. Two seniors, six juniors, two sophomores, and four freshmen. So, you know, it stands to reason that these guys are going to be around for a little bit. Yes, they will, especially as long as Pete Miller's on the mat coaching them. i got a feeling he's a he's very good at what he does and uh, does a great job with that program. Great staff as well. And, you know, he said after the match that this is just a tribute to, to everybody involved with this program from the kids' club all the way up the parents everybody's bought in and that's what it takes for these type situations to take place that's what you see at wilson central certainly what you see at cleveland um and summit has done a pretty good job in a short period of time of putting that type of infrastructure for lack of a better word together to achieve these type of um successes Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about some standings. Uh, one of the games, one of the other games you went to on Friday, very important in uh, their particular standings in Class A District 10. So we'll get into all of that and more when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. You guys stay tuned. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. about 
It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yamo, Pat, and J.P. Plant with you here. Just reading up on all of these teams who are looking to schedule some games. Summertown girls still looking for one on Friday, Saturday, or Monday. They're willing to host or travel. Lipscomb Academy girls are looking for a game on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. So, trying there you to, go. I mean, I really don't know why this isn't a thing. Little town and country. Um, Loretto girls looking for a game on Monday. I guess they could play Summertown. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. No? Oh, okay. <laughs> Throw that out there. <laughs> oh, man. So you were at the Cullioca Santa Fe boys game on a Friday. And the reason that's important is because Santa Fe got the win, which puts them at five and two in the district, makes Cullioca four and three in the district, and they play again tomorrow. Correct. <laughs> so gonna be interesting to see uh, how this one shakes out because the game you saw was pretty competitive. Very competitive. And um you know, a huge development was, you know, Logan Wilkins stepping in and taking a charge on Landon Andrews with about five minutes left in that ball game. It was Landon Andrews's fifth foul. And what's ironic about it is about 45 seconds earlier, Andrews had picked up his fourth foul on the defensive end, and Mike Lovett yells at him, you're getting ready to foul out. <laughs> Every t- It seems like District 10, 10A has a history of – coaches predicting things mm. uh as there's that as we've seen john paul jones predicting his team scoring in scoring the, other, in the basket. other basket and they did yeah so <laughs> these guys know their guys apparently but yeah um actually landon picked up his third fourth and fifth fouls within a minute 33 goodness yeah that's tough yeah so and um that's your leading scorer. That's your bell cow. Pretty much everything kind of runs through him for them. As as Lovett said, Landon spreads everything out for us. With him out, they knew they could double down on Cooper Parks, and sure enough, that's exactly what they did. Um, they were up eight when when Landon filed out and pretty much held on from there mm-hmm. for a 59-50 victory. And like you said, they run it back tomorrow night over at Kalioka and – you know, it well, it should be a good ball game. It's it's meaningful, but it's not because you know nobody can catch Richland at the top. It Ma- is because you get that home game yeah. against that team because they're going to have to play again. You're right. Next week. Yeah, because they're two and three. It's just a matter of who's, who's at two, home. who's three, who's at home. Yeah, who gets to wear the white blue devils. Yeah. I wonder if they'll, uh, they'll probably not wear the Blue Devils. They'll probably just wear their Kalioka stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is, a, this is a big one. It's, it decides who plays. Especially if Kalioka wins this home game, then I don't know how they determine the tiebreaker. Um, could be overall uh, wins, but I'm not sure how that works with uh, COVID. So, Well, here's the thing. I knows? think everybody's played everybody or will have played everybody. This but they've will... all beaten the same teams. Right. So, so it may it might come down to that. Oh, so scientific coin flip. Coin flip. <laughs> I love the coin flip. It's my favorite thing. Oh. Uh, in District 12A, it's pretty simple on the boys' side. 
Uh, Loretta will host. Uh, they have six teams. Mm-hmm. So, so what probably happens then is one and two get a bye. Three plays six, four plays five. Interesting. That makes sense, but that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious if they reseed after that lowest seed. Probably not. So it's just you don't want to you don't want to overcomplicate. Things. So three, six, four, five will play each other. So it could be Perry County at Loretto in the semifinals. If that's the case, where is Perry County? Aren't they three? They're three. No, it would be Perry. It'd be Perry County at Summertown. Because Summertown's two, right? Yeah, but what if Collinwood was to beat Perry County? Then why would Summertown get to play the sixth seed instead of Loretto? But, this is my this is my point with the freeds. The but I don't. Thing. But I don't think they reseed. I just think they they bracket it up, and then whoever comes out comes out. So yeah. three six would play two, four five would play one. That's fine. I'm just yeah because I, ideally you would see one two three four win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean ideally three and four would take care of their business, but. You know, that 4-5 game is never the, you know, etched in stone that you want to think it is. This one might be. Wayne County and Frank Hughes, probably. Okay. <laughs> it's right. probably going to be, uh, again, Loretto probably play Wayne County in the semis and Summertown hosting Perry County. So that's that's where that And Perry sits. County and Summertown are split, right? They've sp- right? Uh, they split, yes. Okay. So okay. each time the home team won, though. And Summertown getting in, getting in at home is certainly something that they're going to want uh, and be happy with. Absolutely. On the boys' side in eight AAA, which is just a mess. Uh, do you want to know who the number one seed is right now? Columbia Central. Columbia right? Central. Yeah. The number one seed. With how many losses? Two. Just two? Probably. Franklin County and who? Who did they lose to? Franklin County and? Coffee County? No, they swept Coffee County. Tullahoma, maybe. Let me go look. Go look. It was Franklin County and Tullahoma. Yeah. They lost 59-57 to Tullahoma. At Tullahoma. Okay, so they're the number one seed right now with two losses. Who's second? Coffee County with four losses. Okay. So they're pretty well locked in at one then. Uh, well, they've played one fewer game than anybody else. Central has? Yes. Well, they play tonight against Lawrence County in Lawrenceburg. That will be at a the Ralph Benson Gymnasium. Huge, huge game. Yep, yep. Uh, let's see. They then play Thursday at home against Shelbyville. Mo, they do have a makeup with Franklin County boys only tomorrow. That's at right. Columbia Central. Yeah. That's right. That's right. We've got that right here. So that's where they get back even. They'll get back even tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Luckily for them. <laughs> They play two of they play the sixth seed and the seventh seed as we sit as it sits currently this week. Who's who? Uh Franklin County's the six, Shelbyville's the seven. Where's uh, Lawrence County? Right now Lawrence County's the four. They are five and five in district play. Uh Lawrence County looking to get into a tie for second as Coffee County and Tullahoma are both tied for second. So that will be very interesting to see how that shakes out because Coffee County plays Lincoln County and show, um, I'm not sure. What did I just say? And Tullahoma takes on uh, Shelbyville. JP's buddy Shane Clark trying to throw a wrench into everything. <laughs> he loves throwing wrenches. Yeah. Hey, if you can dodge Do- a wrench, they, you can you dodge, dodge a ball. ball. There you go. But, you know, Friday night, um, you mentioned Coffee in Lawrence County and that jumbled up mess at yep. two, three, four, five. 
Coffee County's three pointer with 16 seconds to go um, to complete their comeback at Lawrence County and to get that win completely shifted the potential home you know home games that Lawrence and Coffee and everybody else had. That was a huge huge game on either side and Coffee County coming out with that uh, comeback win uh, is obviously bodes well for them and being able to host a game or two. And again, as we talk about the postseason, all of your games until you get to the state tournament are going to be at the higher seeds because of the pandemic. So um, if you didn't know that, now you know. Um, so seeding even more important this year than usual. Yep. In uh, 11 AAA, real quick, it's Franklin and everybody else. Ravenwood's played 14 games, Brentwood 13, Page 13, Independence 12, Centennial 12, Summit 12, and so 4, 5, 6, and 7 are all kind of trying to figure out where they're going to be. I don't know if they're even going to have time to make up all their games, so we may just have to wait for the meeting on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so when we come back, we'll talk to Chip Walters on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. As we do each and every Monday, we'll talk more Super Bowl, UT hoops, and more on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be right back. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by. Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back in to this Monday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. As we glare out the window of that West 7th construction that is still Still ongoing. (laughs) Thanks, Ron Jordan, for the update. It's rough out there. Because we really needed it. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, but I'm sure there are several. Uh, it, it's it's rough out there. I mean, like, you can't even tell where you can turn, where you can't turn. Like, just avoid it. Yeah. Avoid it. Go the back way. Whatever back way there is, go that way. You can take 8th all the way down. You don't have to use West 7th. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just envisioning a Mule Day parade out here. I'm sure you are. <laughs> oh, I think I knocked over that barrel. Oh, I think I knocked over that cone. Oh. Mm. <laughs> the, 
the uh, the buckle, workers buckle up, yeah, because it's going to get bumpy. <laughs> the the road construction workers would really enjoy that the uh, the Monday after mm, meal day. Hello, oh man, yeah. watch watch where you step. Right, mm. yeah, you'd have to have. Uh, my my favorite would be don't say buckle up because there there are no seat belts on hay rides on hay wagons. Yeah, no seat belts on hay wagons. So unless wear your um, helmets. There you go. Seven minutes past 10 o'clock hour, we are joined on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, as we are each and every Monday, by the voice of the Blue Raiders, Chip Walters, brought to you by the law offices of Blake Kelly. Blake specializes in accident and injury law across Middle Tennessee. Give him a call, 615-305-4539, or visit his Facebook or Instagram. Be happy to help you. As we welcome in Chip this morning, uh, we... Hello. I don't know. I don't know if we should even broach this subject on the air. Maybe we should let JP ask him off the air if we can broach Go it. Ahead. Go, Go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. He said. Well, some interesting news out of News Channel Five. Uh, credit to whistleblower for saying that there are some college football teams and coaches who failed miserably on COVID nineteen. From what we understand and the other interviews we've seen, we're aware of who this whistleblower is, and um, you're closely related to the program in which he used to work. Right. Any thoughts on what he had to say, or what did you experience as far as the COVID-19 protocols at MTSU? Uh, And I can answer the the second part, uh, obviously, from a first-person uh, what I can tell you is that I was tested 22 times during the football season. And uh, the uh, I'm not at practice every day. Uh, and the, you know, and, and what I saw on video as opposed to hearsay uh, in the story was basically guys enjoying a win. I, I'm guessing that was probably after the win at Troy. Uh, some of the locker room video. Um, But all I know is I was given very strict instructions on where to go, where you can't go, what you, you know, when, when you need to have your, your mask on. And uh, I mean, it was very, it was very different. I mean, and it really started hard on that, the opening week of the season against uh, army about all the procedures and protocols that we were having to, to go through. Um, you know, Army uh, was, when we were, when we went there in first week of September, uh, you know, we were told at that point they had not had a single case uh, on, on their on post or on campus since June. And so, obviously, they were going to be very, very tight with it. Uh, you know, it was even to the point of, you know, as we pulled to the end of the hotel from the – I mean, everybody's masked up on the airport. I mean, I heard one comment that there was someone who uh, – a certain player who that w- that was not named that, you know, never wore a mask. Well, that's that was not true because where I sit on the airplane, I, I see everybody get on. And everybody was was masked up. 
Um, I'm not sure what the reasoning is uh, with this, uh, but you know, I, I've seen a lot of social media um, response, uh, and you know, you you expect players to uh, you know rally around their coach, and and uh, and and it is from what I've seen, it has all been you know even the players uh, who were under said whistleblower have have chosen the side of the head coach in this in this uh little whatever kind of contest you want to call it uh <laughs> and uh <laughs> or, or, leave that or, up to the imagination from, 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 from another uh social media thing uh a tony romo contest uh after after he uh got uh had a photo from the Super Bowl yesterday, but anyway, bottom line is 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 I, everything that I saw and experienced throughout the entire football season uh, from was you know totally legit and and up and up. Are you going? Are there going to be uh, when you have a travel party of 150 people? Uh, and are there going to? Is there going to be a moment when you know? Not everything is is followed one hundred percent and by by accident. Yes, but did I ever see any willful uh, disregard for protocols? No, and and uh, and and I think that you know everybody you know around the country had you know that was doing their best to do all to follow all of the protocols that quite frankly changed from week to week uh you know uh, that you know even in the sec i mean we saw games get canceled moved that kind of thing so it was not you know that that's that was something that that was you know they you're trying to deal with something that nobody has ever dealt with before and you know it it was a moving target but you know i i have to say that you know i i Again, what I experienced was, you know, very much attention to detail down to the point of how many people can get off the bus and get your hotel room keys at At one time. time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so to keep groups of people small, how, uh, how you sit on a bus, where you sit on a bus in relation to other people, uh, you know those kind of things. Uh, you know, eating in in a hotel became this year. You go and you pick up a box and go back to your room. So there, there was. You know, everybody's going to have a take on it. Uh, to me, it was nothing out of. You know, I, I didn't see. I've not seen anything out of middle, whether it's football, basketball, the two sports that I deal with the most. Uh, there has been no nothing lacks about going about doing it the right way how many pauses so did you guys have was it just the one uh let's see here i'm trying to think uh well it, it kind of it got mounted up kind of at the end uh you're, you're talking about football right yeah well football you had i'm trying because you had charlotte canceled because of issues in their program you we had 
FAU was coming here. We went to FIU. FAU was coming here. That did not happen because of things in their program. Then at the end of the year, you had a UAB game that did not happen because of issues in Middle's program. So that's so it's just where, the one for you guys. Just really the one, and 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 at that point, I think there was some talk of 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 having the of having the FAU game try to make it up, uh, and and also Old Dominion, you know, chose not to play this right. year. So so there was that. That's why the season ended up a week or so earlier than expected. So you know that. So that yeah, that was that, and then basketball got started, and and uh, and there was a pause when middle there was a four, basically lost four straight games to COVID because you had a, the two games with Bellarmine and the two games with FAU were both uh, gone, and knock on wood, since then the COVID issues have have backed away, but the injury bug has hit mm-hmm. uh, Nick McDevitt's team pretty hard, although they had a really good weekend and swept Charlotte. Uh, so, you know, so, you know, it, it is – now you're getting into the spring sports. Baseball scheduled – and well, baseball and softball scheduled to start here within about 10 days. We're looking forward to that with um, Bryson Thomas, the former Spring Hill Pitcher, first baseman, DH. Yep. Expected to kind of be in the middle of things for for um, the Blue Raiders over there this time around. So um, that'll be worth keeping an eye on. But and you a know, young before, catcher. I'm sorry. And a young catcher. A young catcher from Zion, isn't he? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, That's right. They really Briggs like Rutter. Yeah, yeah, yep. Very versatile yep. kid. He played a lot of second base for them as well. So I'm not. I'm not sure where where he fits in. Admit. Oh, we've also got the two kids from Columbia Central. Um. I'm sorry. The Look pitcher, the pitcher, um, Ham, Jaden Ham. Oh yeah, and um, Devin Simler from Central. Look at there. Yeah, we got all kinds of folks. It, I'm just not in baseball mode yeah. right now. The dimple yeah. or nearby the dimple. Exactly. The yeah. So, um, pretty exciting. But before we get there again, Chip, you you mentioned, and we're visiting with Chip Walters, the the voice of the Blue Raiders. He is um. Presented weekly by the law offices of Blake Kelly, specializing in accident and injury law. You can reach him on Facebook, on Instagram, or on his phone, 615-305-4539. Give him a call. Um, As you said, Chip, nice weekend for the Blue Raiders with their um, sweep of Charlotte. Yeah, you know, uh, Charlotte and Middle, when you looked at numbers going into it, Charlotte was like four games over 500. Uh, Middle has had its struggles in, in with getting a, a, you know, a complete roster. And, you know, the last two weeks played really well against Western and UAB. Led in the second half in three of the four and had nothing really to show for it. Uh, but you know, you could tell they were playing a lot better, and it was a direct result of finally getting uh, a good group of players enough to be able to scrimmage uh, <laughs> five on five uh, at one time. And then you had, you know, you you had uh, Donovan Sims had gotten hurt uh, and 
with a, a knee injury, had some surgery, so he's out still for another couple of weeks. Jalen Jordan uh, got hurt uh, in the Western game. First, a minute into the first game against Western, he uh, had the compound a, a, a compound dislocation. Let's let's, let's not let's, let's, let's just not keep talk going. about that injury. Yeah, anymore. yeah. let's just yeah. move past that. But anyway, <laughs> it, was, it was. But anyway, the thing was, he came back this week. Uh, Jared Coleman Jones, the transfer from Northwestern, he was out uh, due to uh, uh, due to uh, uh, c- uh, concussion protocol, and so the the game Friday night was you know was really a good college game. Both teams shot just over fifty percent. You know, good just good play on both sides. Really fun game to watch. Then with eleven minutes to go, Dontrell Schuler, who had been out. Uh, and had just gotten back and cleared to play uh, at, at the 11-minute mark. He's got 15 points on the night and is on his way to having a, a huge night. And best on-ball defender against a couple of Charlotte's really good scores. Uh, he uh, comes down wrong and tears his ACL. He's done <sighs> for the year. And so, I mean, the next time Nick McDevitt's team – gets a good break it'll be the first time uh and you know but then they they you know the thing is they've been so resilient having gone through whether it's physical injuries or covid problems or whatever they come back out the next day and just blow the doors off charlotte uh in a game where you really had an expectation that charlotte was going to come back and play with a, a pretty good deal of desperation to try to gain the split but you know middle played well uh Got got you know, got good contributions from all across the floor, and uh, now they have to turn around and it doesn't get any easier. They turn around and have to go to Marshall, and uh, Coach D'Antoni's hilly, hillbilly ball uh, this week up in Huntington. Yeah, but one of the good things that that happened this weekend was you had some fans in the stands. Yep, did. that was and, cool. And and coach and players were very quick to uh, to acknowledge that. And to uh, give them uh, all, uh, give them tons of credit because, you know, it's funny. The weekend before uh, against UAB and Western, the two weekends, you know, there were there were points in both of those games where, had you had a typical crowd that was there, the situation where it would have been a natural reaction for the crowd to jump in and lift up the team and that kind of thing, and it was not there. Well, this weekend it was there, and it will be there this week when the Lady Raiders are back at home to take on Marshall. So it was a, uh, you know, even though you're talking about 800 to 1,000 people in there, uh, you know, it was still a major difference over, you know, the maybe 50 people or so that were players' families prior to that. Now, the one thing I will also tell you, Regarding standings, uh, it was a huge weekend for middle uh, on the men's side. The women's side, they split at Charlotte, but they still hold a uh, they still hold a four game lead in the uh, five game lead in the win column uh, at ten and two in conference play. While Charlotte is in second place in the East at five and three. The thing that you're going to have to remember, and I heard you guys talking about it on the high school side is that not everybody is going to play the same number of games this year. So instead of, you know, instead of normally just looking directly at the win-loss, 
you've got to look at win percentage mm. this year. Like right now, Charlotte at five and three is technically ahead of FIU on the women's side, who is six and four. You know, so you think, well, how does the team that has more wins, how are they not ahead? <laughs> but it goes back to winning percentage. Now on the men's side, where you look where the where the Blue Raiders are, they uh, FIU pulled off a a, a forty three point home loss on Saturday, but and and got swept at home over the weekend, and 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 middle with a sweep at home, jumped uh, almost two games ahead of FIU in the Eastern Division. So they put themselves in a in a decent spot. And now you just have to defend that that spot in the standings to get the ticket to to Frisco for the conference tournament. You just answered my question. I didn't know how the tournament was being handled, whether you guys were playing at higher seeds or how it was working. How many teams are going? Is everybody going to the tournament? No, 12. 12 of the 14. So basically six out, the top six out of each division, in which they went to divisions this year, which in – and then, you know, uh, but right now Western and UAB are, are leading the two divisions. Uh, as of this morning, the, the odd men out are FIU and Southern Miss. Okay. And Middle lost that Southern Miss, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, got swept down there, lost a, lost a 30-point, came on Friday night, came back the next day, and lost by five. Okay. So, Crazy. All right. Going to be a wild finish to the year in Conference USA, and hopefully the injury bug won't keep you guys down <laughs> too much longer. I, I mean, goodness gracious, Man, it's yeah, been the, rough. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the Dontrell Schuler's injury is – that that one is really tough uh, because he is – I mean, he's definitely gone for the year. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we will get Donovan back here in a couple of weeks, which that will help. Uh, but uh, Jalen Jordan has really stepped up. Jordan Davis uh, played very good over the weekend. And, and uh, Jace Johnson has been just really, really good lately and uh, got a great game, a great floor game out of uh, DeAndre Dishman. His numbers didn't jump off, but – but uh, as a post player, I mean, he had t- a ton of assists over the weekend and just defended their post players really well. So we've got a Friday-Saturday uh, on, on the road at Marshall this week. So there we go. Hey, before we let you go, Chip, one question. I know when we started talking about basketball back in the fall, Chris was really excited about Elias King, the transfer from Mississippi State. What's been now his he situation? Came, he had been somewhat quiet. Uh Came out hit a hit a big three uh, on Friday night against uh, against Charlotte. Then came back and had fifteen uh, on Saturday. Best game by far that that uh, Elias has played. Matter of fact, I think he scored more Saturday than he scored his entire freshman year at Mississippi State. All right, that's this, good to hear. this is a good and this is a good time for it. I would think it's a fine time for him to step up. Going to need him. Absolutely true. Okay. Going to need him. All right. Well, thanks, Chip. We appreciate it. As always, Chip Walters on Monday. Thanks for your time. We'll talk to you next Thank week. Thank you, boys. All right. Good deal. All right. That's Chip Walters brought to you by the law offices of Blake Kelly, specializing in accident and injury law to cross the mid-state. 
on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. He was on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk Super Bowl, big signing from our Braves. We'll get into that a little bit. We've got college hoops, perhaps uh, a little more of that. Uh, Southeastern Conference on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game you can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. school sports and beyond it's on southern middle tennessee sports today welcome back in to southern middle tennessee sports today we are on facebook live if you want to be part of the show all you have to do is comment there we'll be happy to bring your comments on just search southern middle tennessee sports on facebook and you will find our live video make sure to check us out each and every day we're Live Monday through Friday, 9 to 11, right here on WKOM, but also on Facebook and wherever you get your podcast. Uh, if you missed any part of today's show, don't forget you can go download the podcast and check it out. We'll have uh, Chip Walters by himself on our special guest podcast and much more. So, yeah, plenty of options and places to take on the the show. We would love for you to... To comment, though, we want to interact with you guys, so Facebook's the place to do that. Speaking of Chip, um, he was ready for you guys this morning. Chris kind of threw a little uh, little topic out there. He would bring it. Bring Let's it, go. guys. I like it. Chip's not one to shy away. And he'll tell you the truth. Yeah, I mean, I guess if there's one thing that I took from that specifically, it was that it – there was supposedly one or two players who quote never wore masks and chip said, no, I saw them wearing masks. So that's not accurate. Mm. So at at, at that point, that's, that's what happens when you use never and ever for one thing, strong words. And uh, those are pretty absolute. Yes. And so, and you got to be careful with those at that point, it calls into question everything else you said, Mm Mm-hmm. Because now you're no longer okay, credible. But, yeah, because okay, you weren't right about that. What else are you not right Exaggerating. about? Exaggerating. Yeah, yeah. So. Anyway, that, so there's that. Uh, over the weekend, 
I guess it was it. It was Friday. It was Saturday. Friday night. Friday night You're between right. between games su- between Summit and Santa Fe is when it was. <laughs> the Atlanta Braves got their man. Yes, sir. Marcel Ozuna, the Big Bear. Oh man, not El Oso Blanco. No, 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 no. He's not no. the White Bear. No, He's not the big no, bear. not 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 Evan Gaddis. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Ozuna is this made my weekend is in Atlanta for the next at least the next four, four maybe years. the next five and most of, and most of those if not all will be with a DH let's hope so. um, even if not I'm okay with it at this point we were going to play with him last year right but he he's going to drive in more than he lets in. That's right, and <laughs> that's all that matters. Significantly more, and so I'll I'll live with the less than stellar arm. To be specific, I mean it's not the defense. I mean he catches things. It's not like he butchers routes or anything like that. His arm is just you know he had shoulder surgery. Yeah, shoulder elbow, something on his throwing arm, and and he doesn't throw very well. That's okay. Doesn't affect him in the batter's box. Does not affect him in the batter's box. Mo, I think you just came up with a new stat that baseball needs to look at and what? start documenting. He um, he drives in more than he lets in. Plus minus. They do, <laughs> well, they do plus have minus a, for baseball. Yeah, they do have a stat um, for that, and of course, you know, baseball has a stat for everything. <laughs> of course, um, they do have that stat. I just don't know exactly what it's called off the top of my head. It's not plus minus, um, <laughs> but it, it, yeah. Um, that being said, you know, Freddie Freeman has been the most valuable player in the National League every year that Ozuna has <laughs> behind him. So there's that. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. And it makes sense. And I I mean, what are you going to do? Can you So it's so it's interesting because uh, one of the articles I read over the weekend said that um without the DH what probably happens is Freddie goes back to 3 and Ozuna goes to 4. So, if that's the case, Acuna's at the one. Who goes in the two spot? Because what I want to see. It's Ozzy. Well, I mean, that's where he that's where he hit before. I, I like Dansby a lot better in the two. I do too. And I like Darno at five and then Ozzy at six. I like Ozzy driving runs in. I can see that. So what that was. <laughs> But yeah, so I'm I'm excited for, you know, what this batting order is going to look like one through six, and and now, you know, the talk has turned to, or the talk on Twitter anyway, which for whatever that's worth, uh, everybody wants to see the Braves trade for Cleveland third baseman Jose Ramirez. And so With, I, I'm just I don't see that happening. I I see them going to get an arm. They really believe that Austin Riley is the future at third base. And if he and listen, we stuck it out with Dansby through his struggles on the offense, and now he's hitting number two. Okay? We stuck it out. 
because his defense was there. Riley's defense is there. He's got a fantastic arm. He, he really makes, came on defensively last year. I was very impressed. So let's stick it out, give him a year, maybe two, and let's see where it goes. Because I thought he, he hit the he hit the slider really well last year. He did he, stay on the slider a lot better. He didn't pull off of it nearly as much as we had seen previously. He focused on that. So now if he can put the two together, if he can put the fa- the way he hit the fastball in year one and the way he hit the slider last year, if he can put those two together, he's a perennial all-star. And with the official addition of Real CJ10 as part-time hitting instructor, I think you're going to see a lot of guys between him and Kevin Seitzer working with those guys. I think you're going to see a lot of improvement out of a lot of guys offensively. I think you're right, and it's going to be a really exciting time to be watching Braves hit now. If we can just get them back. Oh, well, you don't have to worry about getting them back on Hulu because you've gotten rid of Hulu. Yeah, done with Hulu. You're going to have to get me your mom's password. I'll hook you up. Yeah, hook me Hook Hook a brother up. (laughs) Soroka, Freed, Ian Anderson, Bryce Wilson, uh Anybody else they want to throw in there? Well, plus the guys they signed. I mean, Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton. Drew Smiley. I'm Drew not, Smiley. I'm not sure if Smiley fits into the rotation no, or if he's, he's going to be a guy. bullpen guy. But but Charlie Morton's definitely a starter. So And they've pretty, well, they've pretty well wanted him since they traded him away. Right, right. Got him back. I think you got to sign either Green or Melanson. One of Which those, one? Uh, if I'm picking... Melanson. That's what I think. I think you get green for longer, but it's going to be a one or two year deal either for, way. Yeah. So just take Melanson. Get because I'm not ready after last year to go with Will Smith as a closer. No, he's dead. that guy can kick rocks. <laughs> I'm not ready to let Will Smith on the field unless we're up by five, and there's no way they can load the bases. Jeez. Brutal. Anyway. Tell me what you really think. It's no longer a save at that point, right? Is it still three runs? Is that still the marker? Yeah. Yeah. But you can't create your own. (laughs) Will was good about trying to do that last year, too. Right. (laughs) Equal equal opportunist. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, not not great. Not great. No. Will Smith. No. Now, maybe – you know, to be honest with you, Shane Green wasn't great when we got him. He wasn't great at first. And he, then he, he evened out, and so maybe – And turned maybe, into a great setup guy. And so maybe Will Smith just didn't have the chance over a 60-game schedule to really get where he want, where, he, where we wanted him to be. That's completely plausible. Yeah. So, again, let's just let it play out. I think you got to sign one of the two. Yeah. I think Melanson's the guy you sign, though, of the two. So I'd agree. All right, uh, real quick, let's move on to the Super Bowl. Uh, just one, I got one quick question for you. Is there any doubt at this point that Tom Brady uh, is among the top two greatest team team players in any sport ever? You saying Brady and Jordan? No. Yeah, are who's you, the other you, one? Are you saying Brady and Russell? Yes. Okay. That's exactly who I was thinking. Okay, I'm just making sure. I just wanted to make sure who we were talking about. But 
And I, I just I wanted to give a little leeway because I don't want to say he's the best team sport athlete of all time, but he very well could be. Now, granted, he had a lot more weapons here than he did the last five years, mm-hmm. even the years he won Super Bowl in the two Super Bowls in New England. The weapons were insane, but would that not then further your argument that he is, in fact, the greatest team sport player of all time? I think he elevates players to another level, just like Jordan did. I don't see how else you could you could make that argument that that is not the case by coming to Tampa. You're right. He had some great weapons on the offensive side, but still, it's Tampa Bay. But Leonard Fournette was waived uh-huh. in the middle of the year. Yeah. And then he went for 100 yards scrim- from scrimmage Gronk last night. comes out of retirement. Antonio Brown, all the issues he had, essentially out of retirement. And and somebody tweeted something to that effect. Um, one of the oldest tricks in warfare, if you can't beat them with your own army, go get mercenaries. I mean, Gronk scores twice. Brown, AB scores. Yeah. Fournette scores. <laughs> right, none, right. of, none of those guys was on Tampa that's Bay's right. roster a year ago. They were either out of the game or kind of or left, else. left or, to well, be just yeah. relocated well, to I mean, Brady's whatever. in New England. Gronk is out of the game. Fournette is in Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville. He was released, and, was and, he not? And Brown waved. He and, waved? Yeah. Yes. And Brown is out of the game, and there are plenty that would tell you he still should be. But that's another story for another day. But uh, The guy went a little nuts, but that's okay. It, it happens. <laughs> Things happen. Well, he... he Anyway, none of those guys was on Tampa Bay's roster at the conclusion of the 2019 season. Mm-hmm. All of them scored in Super Bowl 55. Yeah. You know, go get you some mercenaries. I mean, if you've got the cap room, it's not necessarily a bad way to go. Of course. And Bruzarians. Yeah. You went and got Bruzarians. Well, Arians had been there. But, but I mean, but, yeah. but, but you've got a guy, you, you go with Arians because he has the ability to rein in those guys. You go with Tom Brady because he lifts those guys to another level. You go with you can deal with Rob Gronkowski's craziness. You can deal with Antonio Brown's craziness because you know that Tom Brady is going to keep those guys in check. And I will say that Bruce Arians is a guy I'm not a huge Brady fan. I could do without either. all the uproar and, and all the yada yada greatest player blah 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 but Bruce Arians, you know, going back to his time in Indy when he stepped in for Chuck Pagano when he had his cancer scare and and what he did up there, you know, and then to get cast aside, he didn't really get a shot in Arizona like I thought he should have. It's nice to see him get that gig in Tampa Bay and win a Super Bowl ring. I, I'm, I'm really happy for him. Seems like a good dude. Him. Oldest coach to win – a Super Bowl, apparently. 68 years old. Him, offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, defensive coordinator and former Birmingham Iron head coach Todd Bowles. You know, it just goes to prove that it's it's you can win in the National Football League with black coaches. And, and how good was Bowles and his defensive oh. uh, setup? You know, obviously the players had to play, but man – don't give me that. Right. That was the worst performance by Patrick Mahomes in that offense since he's been there. I think you know. And and again, wait, 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 wait. Not by Patrick Mahomes. <sighs> Patrick Mahomes threw the greatest seven incompletions in the history of the game. 
<laughs> running for his life. Literally parallel to the ground, hit a guy in the face mask and should have been a touchdown. Yep. I'm just saying, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes had nothing he to had do nowhere with that to go. loss. He had nowhere I'm to go. I'm going to tell you what, he, he, really, he really showed off his middle infielder skills. No doubt. Mm. With some of those throws he made last night. <laughs> Ozzie Smith style. Yeah. But, um, but, I mean, playing behind the offensive line that he was playing Ooh. behind – I, I I feared for his life. <laughs> no, on a couple of occasions, literally. Yeah, so. it looked worse in real time when Indomitian Sue came in and punched him, and um, <laughs> essentially. But you know, I, I, when you look at the replay, he didn't mean to. well, uh, he was just he he could have led with his head, and he didn't. So yeah. he did the he did the right technique, I think. But uh, it looked worse than it was. And well, the replay, I think the one that concerned me was when he got crunched between three guys, yeah. and Devin White kind of bent his head, and he was looking for a call and didn't get one because they weren't getting any. At all. Uh, so, but, um, you know, it, it was a tough night for, for Mahomes. But I'm going to tell you this. They're still my odds on favor to win it next year. Yeah, yep. they are. They are. Uh, I mean, it, that offense is go- – you're not going to stop them typically, especially when they have their full mm-hmm. offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. Um I didn't win a single bet last night. Of course, I had dumb props. <laughs> I had a bunch of props, but every every parlay I had had the Chiefs minus. You're gonna lose, lose big. <laughs> I only lost like forty bucks. There you go. I bet like five, ten, and like fifteen here. It wasn't it. It wasn't a lot, but every bet I did have was <laughs> fell through. Huh? Yeah, it was not good. I hate when that happens. Um. All right, so let's uh let's keep talking on the other side of the break. We got plenty to talk about. Uh, like I said, the Volunteers of Tennessee get a big win over the weekend, and we'll talk about the SEC tournament and what that looks like on the other side of the break on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back in to this Monday edition. Ten minutes to the top of the 11 o'clock hour. Scrolling through Twitter as one does during our show. Mm -hmm. I have to read you this. It's a personal ad from 1865. It's maybe the greatest thing I've ever seen. Was this uh, Throwback Thursday on the uh, on, on Monday? Monday? Yeah. <laughs> a chance for a spinster is the title of this ad. 
A young man in Aroostook County, Maine, advertising for a wife, speaks of himself as follows, quote, I am 18 years old, have a good set of teeth, and believe in Andy Johnson, the Star Spangled Banner, and the 4th of July. I have taken up a state lot, cleared up 18 acres last year, and seeded 10 of it down. My buckwheat looks first rate, and the oats and potatoes are bully. I have got nine sheep, a two-year-old bull, and two heifers besides a house and barn. I want to get married. I want to buy bread and butter, hoop skirts, and waterfalls for some person of the female persuasion during life. That's what's the matter with me. But I don't know how to do it. There you go. (laughs) Clearly writing to the newspaper was the way to do it. I don't know if he got married or not, but I hope he did. I doubt he did. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like there, smacks of desperation in 1865 in Maine. If you oh, could, oh, wait a minute, you're my fault. I'm sorry. 1865. 1865. Oh yeah, he, yeah, he got. He definitely up. got married. He because, got hooked up. Yeah, you're looking for. Yeah. I, oh, this guy's got land. He he he's planning and he wants to buy me things. Yeah. Yes, please. Hello. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Check, Hoop skirts. Check. Hoop and skirts. Check. Hoop skirts. But only for the female persuasion. He doesn't want to buy hoop skirts for, for himself. Any, for, for anyone else. Yes. Well, maybe he doesn't maybe have done maybe he doesn't have the legs for hoop skirts. There you maybe, go. Maybe yeah. not. not everyone does, though. Oh man. <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought it was funny. You know? So are, when are I read go, it, I was we're like, going wild and wacky a little early. Wild and wacky Monday. Yeah. yeah. Um matter of fact, I was while I was listening to your show, and, and I, I realized where you had gotten those when Tom Brady was six statistics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, was pretty the cool. Super Bowl by the numbers. And the, the cool thing was, you know, Wes and I are the same age as Brady. Yeah. So we can directly or could directly relate to all of those things. It was kind of cool. Well, 10 um, interesting facts from last night's Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes ran for 497 yards <laughs> while scrambling. Is wow. that all? He had 33 positive yards rushing from the line of scrimmage. Man. Uh, the last time Mahomes started and lost a game by more than one score was November 19th, 2016, when he was at 66 Texas Tech. Six to 10 to Correct. Iowa State. Um, Brady is the first player in NFL history to win multiple titles after turning 40. First to win in three decades, I think. And first, Super Bowl, first to win a Super Bowl in three decades, I think I saw. Yeah. Um, he's the fifth American sport, major American sport. He's the fifth person over 40 to win multiple titles behind Jack Quinn, who you might remember from those exciting Philadelphia athletics teams of the late 1920s. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Enos Slaughter. Country. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And my favorite, Chris Chelios. Chris Chelios. Hockey player. Hockey player. Yep. Red Wings? Yeah. Favorite? Well, I meant just oh, okay. of the of the four names, these are my favorite name. You can't use favorite and Red Wing in the same sentence. Yeah. He, he's a drifter. I don't yeah, I just liked Chelios as a oh, yeah. kid. I liked no, his name. He, he's a drifter. At, at least you're um you admit you're a drifter, but yeah, you're a drifter. I don't care. He was a Colts fan because of one guy. Now he's a Tennessee fan. I just Used remember Chris Chelios yeah. as a kid. Like I was mm-hmm. like, "Hey, I like that guy cuz he has the same name as me." 
Chris. Like, literally, that's why I liked him. I was like, oh, okay, cool. But I used to also play hockey in the hallway in my socks. So, ah. for the Birmingham yeah. Bulls, I was very good. <laughs> Scored every time I shot. Were you a forward or a uh, offensive power defenseman? Pretty much everything. You did it all? I did it all. Goaltender, too? I, you had to. Hey. You're playing by yourself in the hallway. You That's right. That's all. true. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to block those shots. From the invisible opponent. <laughs> Were you blocking your own shots? That's oh, a real question. Yeah. No, I, I told you I never missed. Okay. Uh, so you were a better um, forward than you were a goalie. Much better. Much better. <laughs> Schedule update in Vol Hoops. The men will now play on Wednesday against Georgia. They're originally scheduled to play Florida, I believe. Georgia was scheduled to play Texas A&M. So and Florida and Texas A&M have must have COVID issues. And so they will play. Uh, Georgia was and. Tennessee were scheduled to play in March sometime. Now they will play Wednesday at uh, Tennessee at Thompson Bowling Arena. The Lady Vols at Texas A&M has been rescheduled for Sunday, February 14th at 3 p.m. So there's that. And that's that's really all the scheduling updates I have there. But I thought um, I thought the basketball standings were... A little surprising. I, I didn't realize. Uh, I knew Alabama was sitting at the top, but I didn't realize how how much how many other teams had won six games in conference play. Missouri, Tennessee, Arkansas, Florida, and LSU all have six wins right now in conference play. It's interesting. <laughs> it's it's and here's the thing: there are three more teams with five wins, so just over five hundred is are the five teams I just mentioned. And then just under 500 are Georgia, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. So everybody's bunched right around the middle then, obviously. Yep. <laughs> and that's going to be – that's going to make for an interesting tournament. Well, it's going to make for an interesting down the stretch. You know, can somebody create a little separation amongst that bunch one way or the other? Yeah, and I don't – know when that's gonna i mean i'm trying to figure i don't even know when the tournament starts is it march 10th or something that, like that, that sounds about right um second week yeah because that i think the last games are on that wednesday before and that's that's the missouri florida mississippi state texas a&m game on the wednesday or the saturday that wednesday i don't there are and no I'm game, playing that weekend no game scheduled on the 6th so, unless that's a makeup date, mm, which is probably that could what that be. is. Yeah. So yeah, I, th- I think uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how that how that works out. Um, as far as the women's side, the standings are well, kind of what you expected. South Carolina and A and M sitting at the top. Uh, then Tennessee, six and one overall in the conference, and I think that's a that's a little bit surprising for most of us. Now, are A and M and South Carolina both undefeated? Then no, no, no. South Carolina's ten and zero. A and M is nine and one. A and M, I believe they lost to South Carolina. I'm not sure if they played them yet. Let me see. Um, they lost to LSU. At LSU, sixty-five, sixty-one. LSU six and four in conference. I mean, they're not bad, but they're mm-hmm. they, they shouldn't be beating Texas A&M. Uh, so, I'm a little surprised by Tennessee. Are you? A little bit. 
but I mean, we we I think we felt like they had the talent. It was just a matter of how they were going to come together. Got a bunch of young kids. Yep. So it's hopefully only they can hold that up and make Sunday interesting. Who do they have Wednesday? You two we, women. Uh, or Thursday, excuse me. Nobody. Oh, so, so they're off until until Sunday. Yep. Okay. All right. We'll be back tomorrow, 9 a.m. on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Check us out, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere else. For Mo Patton, J.P. Plant, I'm Chris Yao saying stay cool, Columbia.